Welcome to the Later in Life Planning Show with Patrick Colley, brought to you by Keystone Elder Law, right here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, here's your host, Patrick Colley. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. At Keystone Elder Law, it is our goal, our mission, to shield the middle class from the costs and challenges of getting older. That's our mission when we meet with people to develop an estate plan that will allow for decision-making in the event of an incapacitating medical condition. We are building a shield when we're drafting asset protection trusts that will preserve a person's lifetime of hard work, even if the person ends up needing expensive long-term care. We build a shield when a family member needs a lot of extra care and support by helping the family to choose the right level of care and often developing a strategy for how to pay for that care. Building a shield starts with providing a lot of free public education. The Later in Life Planning Show is a big part of that education. We also, I should mention, offer free online workshops. So if you go to keystoneelderlaw.com, you'll see a workshops tab, and you can click on that and you can get registered for one of our pretty much weekly upcoming workshops. So pretty much every Wednesday, sometimes they're on a Tuesday, but usually around 6 p.m., it's online. You'll get a link. There's no charge, and I offer a lot of what I hope is helpful information about planning for one type of uh one type of estate planning or perhaps long-term care planning. It's just a lot of free education, and we're getting a lot of great positive feedback from it. So go to KeystoneElderLaw.com and use the Workshops tab. But so many of the costs and the challenges that we're building a shield against, these costs and challenges that show up as we age, are related to declines in health. If your health declines and you need a certain kind of care, I really hope that your legal and financial planning has been done to be ready for it. But I also want you to have some concrete, actionable ideas to prevent that decline in health from happening in the first place. And if it does happen, I want you to uh, to know about some resources that are available right here in our community. That's why I have had as guests on this show experts in cardiology and vascular health, experts in dementia and memory care, experts in rehabbing from an injury, and most recently, last week, an expert in good nutrition that will extend not only your lifespan, but also your health span. My guest today will add to these insights, uh, and these insights will be important for both longevity and quality of life. Her name is Shauna Souders. Shauna is a certified wound care specialist and also has a certification relating to foot care. Shauna, thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, one thing I should probably say more often on this show, um, what you're going to provide and what I'm going to provide certainly is not... Uh, medical advice. This is intended for education. And I think from having spoken to you before we went on the air, that you are very talented at providing some concrete, actionable tips for people to empower them to be better patients so that they know what questions to even ask when they're speaking with their healthcare provider. But this is not intended to, uh, nor have any of the uh, episodes I've had with with, uh, guests from the medical field, uh, not meant to take the place of actually seeing a healthcare provider. 
any more than it's uh, legal advice when I, I, I speak about legal concepts because I would need to know a whole lot more about you before I can give uh, anything uh, looking like legal advice. But with that kind of uh, disclaimer, I suppose, out of the way, Shauna, um, let's talk about your, you know, you're a certified as a wound care specialist. Let's start broad. What kinds of wounds are we talking about here? Because, you know, people might conjure up an image of something they saw on TV, somebody getting shot or, a, you know, a war movie or something. But I think there's very common types of wounds that listeners or their spouses or their parents might have that really are, are very important to pay attention to. Sure. So wound is, wounds are something as simple as an opening in the skin. So it can be something as small or tiny as a cut or a skin tear. Um, we can get larger wounds or more chronic wounds, um, such as a diabetic foot ulcer, venous leg ulcer, arterial ulcer. So really a wound is the opening in the skin. The difference is that we see are, is it going to heal properly or are we going to have to coax it and give it a little extra attention to heal? Right. And I guess these, you know, opening of the skin, I, I think you're you're uh, honing in on some uh, very common and, and troublesome sources of, uh, of a wound. But really at any uh, age, you know, somebody could be bit by an animal or, or stung by a bee or you could have some sort of traumatic, you know, blunt force trauma that, that could cause a wound. And I suppose there are the, you know, the everyday abrasions and things like that. And, and I guess would, would it be considered a wound if, it, if the skin does not open, if there's uh, some sort of trauma just beneath the skin? It can be if, if there is trauma underneath the skin and it affects the, the tissue underneath. Eventually those will open up actually. Ah, got it. Um, Every once in a while, the body will resolve on its own without opening, but usually it will open up and create an actual open wound down the road. Okay, good to know. So when we get into these various kinds, you've already started to talk about, I think, some factors that might really commonly uh, lead to wounds and especially the type of wound where you want to seek healthcare attention for. But what are some of the factors that, that lead to the, the various kinds of wounds you're you're describing. So the the chronic wounds that we're talking about. Yes. So various factors, a lot of times it is the different um, medical conditions that people tend to lead into later in life, such as diabetes, or um, you had said you had a vascular person on previously, sometimes vascular issues with lower extremities. Um, so such as the venous ulcers tend to be where your body, your legs can't pump the fluid back up your body. So the blood flow is getting down there, but your body can't get it back up. So a lot of times you'll see a lot of swelling in your legs, and that constant swelling can, you know, create wounds chronically um, throughout your lifespan. And then arterial wounds are when the blood flow just isn't getting down there. Kind of like the same blockages you can get around your heart, you can also get in the vessels in your legs. So it's the same type of situation there. Those are some excellent examples. And yes, the for those of you looking at the the podcast, there was a previous episode uh, with Dr. Raj Dave from Cardiovascular Experts of Central PA, and you know he does make it his his goal to prevent an amputation. I mean, literally, you would think that would motivate people, but but he also talked quite a bit about prevention, a little bit about nutrition, things like that. But the way you just described it. 
uh, with the swelling and everything, that's outstanding because that's that's what people can actually be looking for. And so as people are getting older, uh, you know, I suppose if we're talking about wounds and you said there's a normal way that they should be healing, but chronic non-healing wounds, something's going wrong, maybe talk about how healing is supposed to happen and then say how what what's going haywire with with an aging body where, where is it being disrupted sure so with a normally healing wound it has um, phases of w- what we call wound healing so a wound that's going to heal normally is going to progress through these phases and end up healing a wound that's chronic kind of gets stuck in one of these phases um, be it due to you know the disease, um, if you have diabetes or whatever, maybe it's due to infection, maybe a bacteria got in there, but something disrupts this healing process that it normally will go through. So in order to get it to heal, we need to figure out what's causing that disruption and correct that disruption to try to get it on the trajectory to get it through those phases and get it you know, towards that healing. And part of it is you know, and this is the danger of me doing a little bit of Google research, and, but but you can set me straight. But part of it is as people age, you know, we're we're uh, we're shedding skin cells, but it, the question is, are how are we regenerating them at all, or how quickly are we regenerating them? Is that close to being accurate? Yeah. So as we get older, there are things that kind of slow down. So the the skin kind of thins out, as we call it. So you're going to have less of a buffer there. And also, we kind of slow down our collagen production, which collagen is what helps us to heal wounds. Um, So we kind of decrease our ability to make more, um, and we lose some of the collagen that's already in our skin. So those factors alone as we age will, you know, already make it a little more difficult to heal a wound. I wondered whether the lack of collagen uh, had something to do with why skin uh, tears a little bit more easily. I guess, you know, what you described as having thinner skin, literally thinner skin uh, in an older person. But at the very least, you're saying it it affects uh, healing. Yes. Yes. Okay. So my guest today is Shauna Souter, and we're talking about wound care, the cuts and the scrapes and other types of wounds that will happen what you should do about them, and we will have more, much more on this after a break. And I, in the meantime, would encourage you to, to think about this in terms of independence, in terms of staying out of a hospital, staying out of a nursing home. Uh, that's, that's really our goal here is prevention, keeping a better eye on your, yourself, your, your family members, so that we can, we can live longer lives but also have a longer health span more with Shauna Souter when I come back. You're listening to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Now, more of the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. I'm your host, Patrick Cauley. My guest today is Shauna Souter, a certified wound care specialist and I think, Shauna, so much of what you're talking about is everyday life for so many people. And, and I know when we see some folks at, at Keystone Elder Law, they're either well on their way to or have lost independence. They're looking at levels of care, whether it's uh, the family scrambling to figure out are people coming into the home to help someone get through their day? Are we having to look for assisted living, personal care communities, uh, even skilled nursing? And 
you know, when I have a conversation like this one, it tells me that very often uh, there was probably something that was preventable or at least something that could have made this process a little less troublesome for the family. And that's why I'm so grateful uh, to have knowledgeable people like you come and and talk about these issues. Uh, But before the break, you were talking about um, chronic non-healing wounds. And, you know, my own Uh, again, dangerous for me to do research on medical issues, but my own understanding of this is that those three phases you mentioned are a phase where, uh, I guess it's called the inflammatory phase, the body is constricting blood vessels to stop bleeding, but then it goes into getting rid of bacteria and uh, maybe building up an immune response. The second phase, the proliferation phase, is where the wound starts to close, new cells are producing collagen and blood vessels, before the final phase where the wound closes completely and the new skin is strengthening. So as I hear what you're saying is for any number of conditions as people get older, whether it's they're not producing enough collagen or whether it's the cell division has slowed down in general, um, you know, wounds aren't healing the way they once did. And it's probably because somewhere in one of those three phases, we, we're, we have something missing. Yeah, it's missing or it's it's stuck um, in that phase. So um, sometimes, like I said, we have to coax it, um, again, figure out what's going on with um, where it's kind of stuck, so to speak, um, and try to get it moving through so that it can get to that proliferation and then remodeling phase. And you mentioned that something that I think we need to go a little deeper on because this is just so common in our population in general, uh, but especially among people who are in the later years of life, and that is diabetes. So I would think most often type 2 diabetes and uh, you know, they generally, as I understand it, have circulation problems. So you can imagine how in those phases, if the nutrients aren't getting where they have to go, if the immune response is not getting there through the uh, the circulatory system, uh, you're going to have problems with wound healing. But uh, talk to me about how how diabetes presents uh, its own set of wound care issues. Yeah, so a lot of times um, people with diabetes start to lose their sensation, their feeling. Um, we call it their protective sensation. So people who have their sensation intact, you know, they're able to sense if things are hot or cold. They're also able to tell if they step on something sharp, um, that type of thing. When you start to lose your protective sensation, your body doesn't get the signal, your brain doesn't get the signal that those things are happening. So it's harder to tell if, you know, you do step on something sharp or you are touching something hot um, to move away from it or to check and make sure it's not, you know, still in your foot, so to speak. A lot of parents are picturing stepping on a Lego right now. Correct. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so um, it's very important for patients with diabetes to like be checking um, for these things um, and making sure that they are doing um, like protective foot screenings and things like that. Because um, the feet is where we see the most issues with diabetic patients. Um, and that's because of what you were saying where... The circulation can get down, but getting back up is the problem, or is it something completely different? So a lot of times with diabetic patients, they have what we call microvascular disease, where it's the best way to explain it is the highways are open, meaning blood flow is getting down there, but some of the side streets are clogged. Okay. (laughs) Um, So 
Well, you might have a, a great pulse in the foot, but some of the little side streets are a little clogged, so you don't get as much circulation down there in addition to the lack of sensation and everything. So the healing can be a lot more difficult between the lack of awareness and then being able to get, you know, because antibiotics travel through the blood, nutrients travel through the blood, oxygen travels through the blood. So if there's a lot of blockages um, and everything, it makes it a lot harder to heal the wounds when those are the things that the wound needs to heal. Sure. And then if you don't even know because you, you know, you're not feeling that you're stepping on something, you could actually have a puncture wound. You could have some other, you could have an abrasion, you could have a burn and and not know it. I would imagine that's one first line of problems. Correct. Um, you know, a lot of times um, diabetic patients, their first sign that something is wrong is they'll notice some drainage or um, saturation in their sock, some discoloration on their sock because they weren't aware that anything was wrong. Um, they didn't have the pain when they stepped on something or felt something hot. They didn't feel it. So the first sign that they know that they have a wound is they'll notice the drainage on their sock. So I, what I'm hearing you say is if you can't feel it, start looking for it, doing more of a visual check of Correct. of the feet. Correct. And the socks when they come off. And, and this is great because this is uh, empowering not only to the person listening who might not yet know that that this is an issue to be looking for it it's it's helpful to the spouse or the adult uh, children or the next door neighbor who's helping out an older uh, adult uh, to be looking to this is very practical like keep an eye out for this sort of thing yeah it's very important um, usually we we say once a day to be checking your feet um, and not just the bottoms of your feet but in between the toes um, all areas, it's important. And if, if you have difficulty checking your feet, um, you know, you can always get a mirror, especially the mirrors with the handles on to kind of help you look. Um, but having that visualization is very helpful, especially, um, when you've lost your sensation. Is, Is there something about the area between the toes that is significant here? Or is that a particular kind of wound? So a lot of times the area between the toes, you can get a lot of moisture and moisture can break your skin down too. So ah. just checking to make sure that there's nothing going on between the toes and keeping the area between the toes dry also helps to avoid any skin breakdown. So and so when the person is looking, they're not just looking for an obvious, you know, something's bleeding, but they're looking for breakdown of skin which could be moisture. Obviously that could happen you know, we've all seen the sort of raisin-like effect of our feet if we spend too much time in water or something like that. Is that what we're looking Any sort of breakdown of the, the foot that looks off or what should they be looking for? Yeah, so an opening in the skin. Um, but yes, if you're seeing a lot of the, the pruny skin like you're talking about, like when you get out of the bathtub, or um, we call it maceration um, is like the technical term for it, but that white skin that wants to peel, um, that means the skin has a little too much moisture. Um, so you want to make sure that area stays dry, but if you notice an opening or drainage coming from it, that, that would be a wound then that you'd definitely want to, um, take, you know, a little more notice to and, and probably, you know, see your provider for. Well, and that's, that was my next question is when do, when you, when they're looking for something, now they know where to look. We're looking not only at the foot, preferably with a visual. And if you don't have the mobility using a mirror, uh, having some having a, a friend or family member help you look, uh, that can be extraordinarily helpful. Uh, but then you're looking for a breakdown in the skin. When, you know, when is it? I mean, you, you 
we have cuts and scrapes all the time. When when does it rise to the level of I need to go see a doctor or a, a nurse or somebody to take a look at this? So anytime that you know you're concerned about the wound, you definitely should you know see a provider regarding it. But also anytime there's any you know chance that there could be infection in the area, so you're looking for you know increased pain to the area, swelling. Um, if you have difficulty moving the area. If there is like a bad drainage, so like a thick yellow drainage, if there's an odor, if there's warmth around the area, it, obviously if you get a fever, um, that's that's a cause for concern. But the other thing too is if you're not seeing any improvement in a couple days, in like two days, you probably want to see your provider, especially, and that is heightened for people that have these chronic, you know, types of wounds. Um, so people that have diabetes that are going to be more prone to the diabetic foot ulcers. Um, also people that have um, venous stasis disease is what leads to these venous leg ulcers. So that's that chronic swelling um, that you see in your legs um, and the arterial disease. So if you have the chronic conditions, you should have even a more heightened awareness to get to your provider, um, even more so seeing these other signs. Hence the the importance of at least once a day having a visual or else you're not going to know if it's not getting better or uh, you might not know how long it's been there if you're not checking regularly. So this is all a talk on wound care, foot care. This is just very practical stuff, especially if there are other lifestyle factors or medical conditions going on, because this can ultimately lead to some very bad, bad outcomes, not only for longevity, but for quality of life. My guest today is Shauna Souter, who is a nurse who is specializing in uh, wound care and foot care. And we're trying to draw uh, people's attention to these very important factors. Uh, and we'll have more on this after a break. You are listening to the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. Welcome back to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Here's Patrick Colley. My guest today is Shauna Souter, a nurse and certified wound care specialist, also having a certification in foot care. And that's a lot of what we're talking about today is looking at those cuts and scrapes and wounds and other uh, things that might happen that break the skin. And we want to avoid certain outcomes, both for your longevity, but also your quality of life. And so it pays to pay attention and know what to look for. And Shauna, before the break, you were talking about uh, the importance of those daily checks, at least daily, where you're you're doing a visual check, especially if you've lost sensation uh, in the feet. So you don't know that you have a puncture wound. You don't know that there's a tear or something like that. Um, and so the, those those visual checks but but um, you you were there's also other aspects of this. You you touched on venous disease, and maybe you can say a little bit more about that. Yeah. So venous stasis disease again is when the blood flow is getting down um, to your feet, but your body can't get the blood flow back up. So it creates a lot of swelling, congestion, so to speak. Um, and what leads to this as a how does how does somebody come to have this in the first place? So basically, what happens is. The valves between the arteries and the veins kind of um, break down, become incompetent, and the exchange doesn't happen very well. So it just it leaves things stagnant. Um, some of the risk factors are um, being overweight, um, history of having blood clots, 
will also, and in your legs, will increase your risk for, for this. Um, those are the two main ones um, that increase your risk for it. That's helpful. So, you know, if that resonates with anybody out there, this is something to pay attention to. So if you have this, uh, I, I didn't mean to disrupt what you were saying there about that. Yeah, yeah. So one of the um, things that you can tell with venous stasis disease is there's like a brownish discoloration that you get to your shins um, area. We call it hemosiderin staining. Um, and it's really where kind of like little um, deposits uh, underneath your skin. It's a per- it's permanent. It's almost like tattooing in a way. Um, but it's kind of like a telltale sign that you have um, a little bit of that going on. On the shins. It's, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, like on the front of your legs there, on the lower parts. Um, so basically what we would do with the venous disease is um, as the swelling progresses, it pushes the skin further away from the blood supply. And um, a lot of times then they um, will end up with wounds, and it's a chronic condition. Um, and the way we minimize the reoccurrence of wounds is with um, compression um, and when you say chronic, meaning no cure, so let's manage what's going on. Correct. Yeah. So um, there are some some different like um, surgeries and things like that that sometimes can be done for it. Um, but the what we call gold standard in um, care for it is is the compression therapy, um, which is basically the compression therapy is pressure on the leg, like through like us like sock or garment. Sometimes we'll do different wraps if there is an active wound. But it helps get that um, congestion or that fluid back up the leg to try to get um, that um, wound closer to the blood source again. Um, so simply elevating the foot is not going to be enough. There has to be pressure. So you can elevate, and that is good, but no one wants to elevate their leg for 24 hours a day. There are days when I w- would love to do that, <laughs> but I get it. So, yeah. Um, so once we, you know, are, are sitting or standing, you know, gravity kind of likes to work against us then sure. and, keep, and keep the fluid down. Um, that being said, you know, that's we don't want to go and just get compression stockings. This is something you'd want to be evaluated for um, by vascular or another provider um, to make sure that there's no arterial blockages, meaning that you have good blood flow getting down there before we would put extra pressure on your leg. Okay. Um, So, but that is generally how we would um, try to minimize the reoccurrence of these wounds is with compression therapy. So don't just go on Amazon and search for compression socks because there might be another problem that you want to be looking for. Correct. And is that an MRI or something to look for for blockages? How, How do they do that? No, they can, well, usually it's either an ultrasound or like, um, so yeah, ultrasound usually will tell them if they have blockages. We can also do um, some simple things like um, it's it's similar to a um, blood pressure in the leg. We call it um, an ABI, um, where we compare the blood pressure in the arm to the blood pressure in the leg, which gives us an understanding if the same amount of blood flow is getting down there to the arm. Um, and based on those numbers, we know if it's safe to put compression on okay but it's always good to be have your circulation evaluated before putting compression on that makes a lot of sense and back to the the inspection of the foot uh one common issue that seems to come up when i have clients who are in some higher level of care maybe in a skilled nursing facility maintaining the toenails seems to be important for all kinds of reasons can you talk a little bit about that and and how that might 
interplay with what we're discussing with wound care? Yeah, so toenails are a big issue. Um, so if a to- if your toenails continue to get too long, um, I have seen them cause wounds. Um, they can curl back, can create pressure injuries um, from the actual toenail. Additionally, if they're cut wrong, they can create ingrown nails and more issues. Um, so they can create wounds themselves if they're not properly cared for. So it's always a good idea to have a trained professional cut your nails, especially if you're diabetic, um, and to keep them trimmed appropriately to avoid um, or minimize the risk of these things happening. You know, I've had clients who specifically tell me when we're talking about uh, veterans benefits and care with the VA, they can go in and for the sole purpose of having their nails uh, cut by somebody who knows what they're doing and to prevent, you know, what what you're talking about. And it didn't click when they when they said that to me about, but they were just really uh, excited that they had such a nice benefit where they can go somewhere to have their nails cut. But it's, it is very important. Yes, yes, it very much is. And one of the other things that, I mean, you talked about diabetic ulcers, and we've talked about these various things that can happen. I mean, I we're sort of not saying it explicitly, but what happens when you don't tend to this? I mean, there are some very bad outcomes that can happen uh, if if you're not properly paying attention to these circulatory issues and, and wound issues. Yeah. So ultimately, what we're trying to avoid is an infection setting in. So anytime the skin is open, our skin is our natural barrier to the outside world. So when there is an opening to it, that's our, the opportunity for an infection to get in and to occur. So unfortunately, when an infection sets in in a wound, um, we need to, you know, get that resolved. When you have the compounding issues of diabetes um, or, you know, circulation issues, it makes it difficult sometimes to get antibiotics to the area. And when we can't resolve the infection, that's what leads to can lead to amputations then, is when we can't resolve that infection. And when amputation happens, I mean, the, a lot of what we're trying to preserve here by getting this information out is your independence, your way of life. You know, the everything that a lot of us take for granted, it can all go away. And if you have an amputation, you're suddenly going to be very dependent on other people. You're going to need some specialized care, possibly outside of your home. And I'm sure there are other downrange effects of, uh, of amputation. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, you know, once you have one amputation, you, you know, people tend to have more in years to come. And, you know, the five-year mortality rate after your first amputation is actually pretty high. So preventing it from happening at all is very important. So making sure we're taking care of our feet, making sure we're getting, you know, care as soon as we see um, something happening. That's what is going to help us to keep from getting the infection in there that we can't get control of that's going to lead to these types of events. Right. And I love the explanation of um, have a healthcare provider who knows what they're doing take a look at this and just the way that you're going to look for whether circulation is happening the way that it's supposed to. Uh, and that wasn't as invasive or involved as I might have expected. I brought up an MRI and you said, no, we can check uh, through uh, ultrasound and, and these other methods to see what blood flow looks like. Uh, and and it just, if amputation is one option, having that done seems like a, such an easier path. But I suppose some people come to you when, 
you know, it is too late because they haven't been doing, uh, they haven't been responding to the, the clear signs that there's something wrong. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of times when um, people, you know, do finally seek treatment, it is usually on the later side of things. So again, you know, knowing, you know, what to do, knowing what to look for, it, it's very important in making sure you're, you know, getting the help early. That's what, what helps to get ahead of these things and get the wounds to heal. Exactly. My guest today is Shauna Souter, who is a nurse who is a also a certified wound care specialist. She does quite a bit with foot care. We're trying to give practical insights into uh, wounds that can happen, the various types of wounds. What are some warning signs that, that you should take to a healthcare provider? If you'd like to learn more about other things you ought to know more about, such as uh, how to plan for incapacity, how to preserve assets, if health declines and you need a higher level of care, that's exactly what we're trying to do at Keystone Elder Law. If you go to keystoneelderlaw.com and use the workshops tab, you can get registered for one of our weekly free online workshops to learn all about planning uh, for the later years of life. More with Shauna Souter in a moment. You are listening to the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. It's the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, your host, Patrick Colley. I am speaking today with Shauna Souter, who is a nurse and certified wound care specialist also someone who is certified in foot care as well. And we're speaking today about all of those breaks in the skin, the, the abrasions, the cuts, the uh, puncture wounds that, that can happen and why this is a big issue and, and the what happens when infection gets into the body and the problems that can result. And so we're trying to give some practical advice on what to look for, how to look for it, and then what to do about it. And Shauna, before the break... Um, actually, earlier in the show, we were talking about these stages that normally a wound would go through to heal. And you were saying if, you know, if, if someone has a, a problematic wound or a chronic condition where it's just not healing, uh, it's, you know, the person is stuck in one of these phases and they're not uh, having the normal healing process. Um, so I, I think that that sort of sets the stage then you, you after you, you spoke about uh, having a visual check once a day on on your feet, maintaining toenails, maybe compression socks, but don't do it yourself. You know, maybe get it get your circulation checked for, uh, first. But a lot of this might uh, lend itself too to other practical tips, like uh, how you cover your feet and so forth. What what can people be doing on a day to day basis, keeping in mind everything that you've been saying about how healing is supposed to work, how it might not work, and what they should be looking for. So specific to the feet, um, one of the things is, um, especially if you're diabetic, making sure you have a properly fitted shoe. Um, I know if I wear, you know, shoes that might be too tight, you know, we, we get blisters and things like that. Well, that's that's going to be a wound then. So if you have a hard time healing and you get a blister, but you don't have the sensation to know that your your foot is rubbing in your shoe, um, that that's going to create problems for you. So um, making sure that you have a shoe that fits. And there are specialists out there that will map your feet um, and do all that stuff um, and make sure that you have a pair of shoes that properly fits so that it's not rubbing and creating these issues for you. Not to mention letting debris, you know, stones, 
whatever getting in there and irritating the skin. I would imagine that that would be a consideration as well. Correct. Yes. Um, And another thing is, especially if you've lost your protective sensation, like we've been talking about, really don't go barefoot. Um, Because again, you're not going to know if you've stepped on something or if a surface is too hot. So always making sure you have some form of sold um, footwear on, even if it's a pair of slippers at home, um, that's going to help prevent um, things from happening to your foot. And one of the biggest things um, that I've seen that actually surprised me is, you know, we've had, um, I've had people that I've seen that end up with wounds on their feet after going to the beach. And what happens is because the sand is too hot, and again, they've lost their protective sensation, they didn't realize the sand was too hot. So they end up basically with burns to the bottom of their feet, blisters, which then turn into wounds. So one way that you can help you know, prevent that is wearing socks when you're on the beach and walking in the sand just to help you know, protect your feet in case the sand's too hot for them. You, you might not make it into any style magazines, but at least you'll keep both of your feet. Correct. Because <laughs> I, oh, I know that feeling when you step on the sand and it's just incredibly hot and you, you almost leap right off the ground. But if you can't feel it, imagine the damage that's being done. And and this this is something that happened. To the, I mean, it must be a trend that you've seen uh, to, to bring it up. Yes. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. In the summer, it's, you know, unfortunate, but there there are times that, you know, there are people that end up with these blisters and it's it's from being at the beach on the sand or or it's from walking out to get their mail on the the hot macadam Mm. um, and just not thinking about it. And they're in their bare feet, not realizing that the surface is hot. Right. And, you know, you get these advisories. uh, Maybe you see it on social media about being mindful of pets on these hot surfaces, and we don't often think there are a lot of humans who have lost the ability to uh, to sense it, uh, what's going on, and it can be very harmful to them. Yes. So, uh, in, I mean, so you're kind of assuming that uh, that the, the the foot covering will solve a lot of problems because at least you know you still want to check your feet in case something has been uh, rubbing or uh, or causing a disruption to the skin. Um, so because, you know, there are people who just go barefoot, they get comfortable and, and you know, they might have a problem there. But what else environmentally, I guess, what else can people be doing other than keeping their feet covered, being mindful of the temperature, even if they can't feel it, and therefore taking precautions? What are some other things they can be doing in their environment? So for wounds in general, um, what I would say is just make sure that, you know, you have a healthy skincare routine. Um you know, make sure we're washing, drying. Um, if you have dry skin, make sure we're using a good moisturizer, that type of thing. That all contributes to having just healthy skin in general um, and avoiding some of these issues. Also, making sure, like, if you have a lot of, like, sharp surfaces around your house, um, taking steps to maybe move them back. If you have a habit of bumping into things and getting, you know, a lot of skin tears and, and things like that, helping to, you know, relocate those sharp surfaces or maybe covering them up so that it's not going to injure you when you walk past them. Um, also, maybe helping to, like, remove any fall or trip hazards in your house. Um, you know, throw rugs tend to be something that people trip over a lot, unfortunately. Um, so trying to avoid not even just wounds but fractures and things like that. Um, so removing any, you know, trip or fall hazards, making sure you have a uh, 
you know, straight pathway to all the different areas in your house that you need to get to um, will help to avoid some of these things. In a previous episode, we had a physical therapist, Katie uh, Martz from Fox Rehab, talk about uh, fall hazards and and what can happen and talk about the downrange mortality right after a fall after the age of 65. That also is quite high. So there's a number of reasons to clear away the trip hazards. And but but, you know, all of that being said, from clients and family members, I will tell you that some people really just cling to their throw rugs. They just really like them, even though this is the outcome that we're trying to prevent. Yes. So, but I guess part of this too is is nutrition. Now, you've already mentioned that some of the risk factors that might lead to a chronic non-healing wound situation might be uh, someone is is very overweight because then they're not going to have the right kind of circulation are there some other factors, whether it's uh, nutrition, anything like that? Yeah. So as far as um, nutrition, just making sure you're eating a healthy diet. And, you know, with that, protein is a, a huge um, component when it comes to wound healing um, and also in maintaining your skin. So um, making sure you're getting adequate protein um, from plant sources um, and or um, animal sources, whatever your diet uh, calls for, along with taking into consideration if, you know, whatever diet plan you need to be on, um, but making sure you're getting that protein in there. Um, additionally, there are a lot of vitamins that help with wound healing. Um, vitamin A, for instance, vitamin C, they have roles in wound healing. So keeping um, your nutrition healthy from the standpoint of getting your vitamins and minerals, making sure you're getting your proteins and carbohydrates for that matter um, within your respective diets that we are to be on, depending on your different um, underlying conditions and things like that. Um, It's very important, though, for maintaining your skin health, but also for helping with the wound healing. The, the nutrition angle, and we just had a nutritionist on, a uh, dietitian on uh, last week, talking about all of the ways that it's going to improve your life, your health span, your lifespan. And this is just one more. I, it, uh, we didn't connect the dots uh, last week, but wound healing. Who knew? You know, and and you can always find out uh, there are uh, dietitians. You can do a Google search to find out where am I going to get vitamin C, vitamin A. Um, but probably it's not in Twinkies and it's not in chips. Um, you know, no surprise. These are things that we already knew. And it's just, I think, reminding people of all of the benefits that you get when you adjust to a, a healthier diet. Correct. And what about smoking? Yeah, so smoking plays a... While I'm ticking people off out there, I might as well eat your broccoli and stop smoking. Correct. They're not allowed to have any more fun, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, smoking plays a huge role in wound healing um, and and also just in in prevention as well. So unfortunately, what smoking does is it actually constricts our blood vessels. So um, for about 45 minutes after each cigarette we smoke, um, our blood vessels stay constricted And like we've already mentioned, everything travels through our blood that helps to heal these wounds. Um, You know, the the nutrients, the oxygen, everything. So if your blood flow is constricted for 45 minutes, if you multiply that by however many cigarettes you're smoking a day, it can dramatically affect your wound healing and can be one of the main reasons why your wound is not healing as well. So whatever um, you can do to quit or resolve and decrease your smoking will really help. 
especially if there is currently a wound or you might be prone to it. My guest today has been Shauna Souter, who is a nurse who specializes in wound care. And hopefully this has been uh, enlightening to a lot of people who did not know they were vulnerable or did not know how they can look out for their, their health. Shauna, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law, right here on News Radio WHP 580.